Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Murder Podcast. I'm Ann Barner. And I'm Karen Devaney. And welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yay! And, um, well, we've got big things. There are big things happening. There's big things. And oh, that's, no. that is so not nice Somebody right there. Somebody didn't turn her phone off. Well, it was an alarm. Time to take your meds, Everybody. Grandma. <laughs> Time to take your meds, Grandma. Kinda. It's kinda like that, yeah. Alright, so this week, it's my turn to bake. Yes, what are you baking for us, oh sugar? Gosh. Listen to me. I'm gonna. In honor of Pa Day, which is technically not today, but within the week, I'm making a peanut pie. So, you know, I love we peanut grew, pie. grew up in the Southampton County area where peanuts were the deal. The deal. The deal. So, peanut country. Um, there's a place in Wakefield, Virginia called the Virginia Diner. It is. And they make a fantastic peanut pie, and I managed to find their recipe online. That's so exciting. So when we were visiting back home, we, you know, we had our big run at Belmont Peanuts. Oh my gosh, yes. They are we so shut that, delightful. We shut that shit down. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to put in another order. I know. Um we we picked up some peanuts from them, and I'm using their peanuts in this Virginia Diner pie. Yay! It's going to be insane. Oh, those are some prime peanuts right there, girl. I even picked up some Bluebell ice cream to go with it. I am so excited. It's going to be fantastic. It is going to be fantastic. Yes. So, yeah. And yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. It was. So happy St. Pat's. Top, to of, top every, of the morning. Top to of the morning and top of the evening. And, mm-hmm. and happy um, hangover day. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, and sorry about the color of your pee. <laughs> Don't panic. It will go away. <laughs> Hopefully the leprechauns came to see all of our little fans. Yeah, I hope so. And left a big mess for their parents to yeah. clean up. So there's one other kind of big deal. Oh, exactly. Yes, we've got a big major fan that we're going to give a shout out to. And her name is Lauren Wilson. Lauren, Lauren, we know who you are now. You can't get away from us. Now you've got to be our friend. That's right, Lauren. (laughs) If you're listening and you're on your long commute to work, I hope you're having a great day. Yes, make this a sugar-coated murder day. Yes. But don't murder anybody. And stay sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Or drink on the way to work. Sometimes that helps. Oof. I mean, I don't condone Maybe that. Maybe if you're having an Uber. Maybe if you're in an Uber. Yeah, then you can have a toddy. Yes. But Very if you're driving so. to work, maybe don't. Just wait till you get to work and then tip that flask exactly. right in that thermos. We Was will not judge you. Was that the important thing you wanted to talk about for the week? Sure. <laughs> it also happens to be Karen Devaney's birthday. Yay! Tomorrow. March the 19th, the yes. last day of winter. I should have been born on the 20th because that was the first day of spring, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did what we could. Mama and I worked it out, and I just decided to come on the 19th. I guess so. 
I have a feeling that might have been the work of the Lord, but I, who am I to say? We worked it out. Exactly. We, we're all good. The we're most good. important thing is it got worked out and you got here. That's right. And I'm still here. Oh, thank God. Another trip around the sun. If you weren't here, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We wouldn't. And no. you would be so sad and boring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Yes. So what other business is there? Is there any other business? Do we need to talk about anything? Just in case you forgot, if your name is Lauren and your last name is Wilson. And you're listening to this because you like us. We still love you. And now you're our friend and we've captured you. And um, it's going to be like a mental tying you to, chaining you to the refrigerator situation in the basement. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. We're definitely, when we come to your area and visit, you will know. You will know, Lauren, yeah. oh, Lauren yeah. Wilson. Prepare yourself. I mean, um, you may as well just start preparing yourself now. Well, you should prepare your family for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. That might be a good idea. Yes. So, I think Lauren wants you to talk about murder. Does she? I think so. Well, only because she wants to. I think I'm going to. In honor of Lauren, let's talk let's murder. Let's talk murder. Okay. So, I have a crazy case that comes out of New Hampshire. New Hampshire? It's a state. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Just in case anybody wondered, New Hampshire is a state. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about Elizabeth Marriott. She goes by the name Lizzie, oh, which nice. I just love. That's just yeah. adorable. And mm. it's two Zs, mm. which who doesn't love to write a Z and a Z? Lizzo likes it. I know. Pizza likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, her parents are Bob and Melissa Marriott. Mm. They don't own a Marriott. It's oh, just their name. I was name. just going to I'm sorry. So um, this is 2012. And in 2012, Lizzie was a sophomore. She was just starting out as a sophomore at University of New Hampshire. Um, and she was majoring in marine biology. And she was a I day. I what the mascot is for University of New Hampshire. I don't know. Why don't you just look that I'm up look while it I'm up. doing this? While Go I'm ahead. talking murder, you, you look up mascots. Okay. So... Um, she lived with her aunt and uncle in Chester, New Hampshire, while going to school at UNH. She was a day student, a commuter. So on October 9th, she attended an evening chemistry class. Mm-hmm. She was last seen around 9 o'clock p.m. in Durham, New Hampshire. All these places are kind of like in the all in the same area. Right, right. Um, she was seen like around the hospital area at the time. And at 8.55, she actually texted a friend saying that she was going to go stop off to visit another friend named Kat. And then she would be heading home. Her aunt and uncle were expecting her like midnight, 12.30. I mean, you know, she's a college student. And she had this 9 o'clock or this evening biology class. Right. So, unfortunately, um, Lizzie was never seen or heard from again. Well, that just stinks. Yeah, I know. So, by the 11th... I hope it wasn't the University of Mascot, uh, New Hampshire's mascot, the wildcat that got her. A wildcat did not got her. Okay, just making Mm -mm. sure. So, by the 11th, two days later, when she still had not come home, nor contacted any friends or shown up for classes, police were called and an official search started. Ah, so the last ping from her cell phone was around 10.10 on the evening of October 9th in Dover, New Hampshire. Her car was later found in the parking lot of UNH, where oh. she had 
take oh. where she had gone to chemistry class. So, oh, no. So, um, credible evidence, and I use air quotes on yeah. that, okay, um, led police to start searching the water around Pierce Island in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Right. At the time, they wouldn't <laughs> say what that evidence was, but they started a water search. Oh. So, um, also investigators find out from friends that Lizzie was going to see her new friend, Kat, K-A-T, oh. um, who was a co-worker at Target, and they had just become friends. Target. Target. As we like to call yes, it. Yes, Target. So this friend had reached out to Kat to find out, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I what happened? Did you, I know you were drinking yesterday. No. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> no, investigators heard from a friend that wasn't capped, a different friend, oh, a third-party friend. Sure she had plenty. Yes. Okay, so this third-party friend reached out to Cat directly to find out if Cat had seen Lizzie because he knew that they were supposed to be meeting up together. Right. And wanted to know, did they actually meet up as they had planned? Huh. So this dude's name is Nate. Nate? Nate. Nate he was very Nate. suspicious of Cat. Oh. Who tells him she had already talked to the police and told them everything that she knew. And Wildcat? Was this Wildcat? It was not Wildcat. It was K-A-T. Okay. So, I'm I'm sorry that it wasn't Wildcat. We're going to call a Wildcat. We might. All right. So, she said that um, Lizzie had never shown up to meet her. Mm. So, she didn't. She had never. She had not heard from her. She didn't know what was going on. Mm. But police also grew suspicious of Wildcat. And decided maybe they needed to take a deeper look at her. Yeah. So um, they start looking at, like, what's going on in, in Cat, Wildcat's life. So at the time, she was living with her boyfriend, Seth Mazaglia. I'm going to say Mazaglia, a double Z name. <gasps> Another yeah. double Z. So I don't know if it's Mazaglia or Mazaglia. It's M-A-Z-Z-A-G-L-I-A. Okay. I don't know. So, um, she Cat was fairly well-known around town and seemed like just a normal teenager um seth and cat had met at a local theater production company mm -hmm. they were both aspiring thespians thespians yes um seth had tried out for a, a couple different parts and different productions he had not gotten a part yet but um cat actually had landed a couple of roles oh way to go kitty cat uh, way to go kitty cat so um when Kat met Seth, she was 18, mm -hmm. um, and she very quickly moved in with him. Oh, wow. Yes, and he was 11 years her senior. Oh, no. So, um, she ended up cutting off all contact with her family when she moved in with Seth because they did not approve of the relationship. Mm. So, that's never a good thing, people. If mm -hmm. your family doesn't approve, I'm not saying they're right, but I'm saying don't cut off all contact. Mm -mm. So police started looking into Seth Mazaglia because mm. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. So Seth worked at a local Best Buy. Oh. Taught at a Marshall's Art Studio. I wonder if he was part of the Geek Squad. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he was he was like a a clerk, a walk oh, around clerk. clerk. Right, right. Yeah. And also he had trained as an EMT, but he wasn't practicing as an EMT at the time. Oh. So he seemed pretty normal yeah, to police. Yeah, just your typical thespian. Thespian. Well, there was a local reporter who also decided to do some searching. Oh, 
Nice. I love it when the reporters get involved in the search. I really do, too. So, this reporter really knew how to search. Oh. Really has a knack for searching. A reporter sleuth. Yeah. So, this reporter found actually found a dark side to Seth. Oh, no. Seth's name kept popping up um, on these on these sex and bondage sites. Damn it, Seth. Yeah. Ugh. So um, he seemed to really have this hidden dark side that was really into this bondage scene. Um, so he he also seemed to have brought Kat into that lifestyle with him. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure 11 years older than her. He's very influential she's only over her. Yeah. She's like, okay, sure. So, um, the reporter found some pretty dark and, and twisted pictures of, of Cat, Wildcat, her last name is McDonough, on some of these sites. Did you say McDonough? McDonough. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have a fetish for ropes and bondage and submission. That was Lord, their running theme. Are you listening to this, Lauren? Lauren? That is insane. You should have picked up a little bit cleaner Jiminy Crickets. murder here, Lauren. So, um, the couple had also posted, I mean, this reporter knew what they're doing. It makes me wonder what, what you up to Mr. Reporter, but it's okay because this reporter really knows how to dig on people. Right, right. So he, this, this reporter, I don't know if it was a he or she. So the reporter is what we're going to call them. Mm -hmm. The reporter found ads posted on some fetish websites oh, by, by the couple looking for a third party to join their relationship. Oh, no. So it's getting a little twisty. So for the record, Lizzie Marriott, her name was never found on any of these websites. Well, good. Not in, not in anything. Nothing. Right. Zero. Zero. Yeah. So... Um, their mutual friend, Nate, said that Lizzie was new in town and just looking to make friends. She was just a friendly, outgoing person. She was, she was, you know, she had moved from her parents' house to go to UNH. She's living with her aunt and uncle. Uh -huh. You know, she's going to college, but she's not really immersed in the college scene. So right. she's just trying to make friends. Right. And she meets this girl at work. They're kind of the close to the same age. And she's like, dude, let's be friends. Yeah. And Wildcat said, okay, let's be friends. So um, he was saying that, you know, Lizzie was, she was not into this stuff. Right. This is not her It's not thing. her jam. And he doesn't even know that she knew Cat was into it. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. Know. Even if you know, I mean, you can be friends with people that are into this lifestyle and not be in the lifestyle and be okay. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if they're consenting adults or whatever, go do your thing. Go do you do you. You right? do you. Just don't yeah. drag me into it. So police felt like the dark, weird couple of Cat and Seth knew a little something more than they were saying about yeah. Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. So they brought them in for questioning and put them into two separate rooms, as they do. Of course. Yes. So for two hours, Wildcat answered questions and stuck to her story. Lizzie never showed up. She never heard from her. She doesn't know what happened to Lizzie. They had plans. The plans didn't, you know, they didn't. Pan out. Pan out. I was trying to think what melt. I was trying to say melt out, that but that didn't out. work. That right. was pan out. Pan. Pan before we melt Pan, them. yes. Pan so um, she said that, you know, for two hours, she was just like, dudes, I'm telling you, we had plans. She didn't show up. I didn't hear from her. No big deal. It happens. And I was at home with Seth, and that's what we were doing. Right. We, that's so, that. 
That's that. After two hours, they're like, fine, you can go. Which in two hours probably sounds like a long time, but a lot, sometimes they really keep them in there for like 15, 18 hours questioning Yeah, them, Seth so. was questioned for 11 hours. Right. There we go. There yeah. we go. And he told a different story from Kat. And now we know why he didn't get parts in the plays. Yeah, not a good actor. <laughs> yeah, just a not a good actor. So he actually told police that Lizzie had been at their apartment the night that she was supposed to come over. And the three of them had had sex. Lord have mercy. And something went wrong and Lizzie died. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, During Lordy. sex. Oh, yeah. So. Because that's, that's normal. Sure. Yeah. He told police that when Lizzie died, he panicked and, and took the body to Pierce Island threw her off a cliff into the water near the Atlantic Ocean. Jiminy crickets. So now we know why they're searching the this water. water. Yes. And his, um, so this is near Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and that's where he grew up and that's where his mom still lived. Of course. So um, he kind of knew that area. So at the time, Kat was not arrested, but Seth was. So police go over to Kat and Seth's apartment and start looking for some clues. And they actually look inside the dumpster outside the apartment complex and they find some things. Oh. And they also, at the same time, were continuing to search the waters around Pierce Island and that that waterway. Sure, yeah. It was um, the Pescata, Pesquata. I don't know. I'm going to get to the name of this river, but it's kind of like at the Patuxent River where it meets the Atlantic Ocean, that estuary. Right. That's kind of, so you've got the water flowing up and in and out. And, you know, there's a lot of water yeah. flowing. I mean, you guys can't see it, but she's using some fantastic yeah. hand motion. Yes, if you can about, only see this hand motion, you would completely understand would what I'm it. saying. Yeah. Yes, I just wanted to use the word estuary because I know what that means. Oh, yeah. So, just thought I'd Good on you. Way to go. Throw that one You're so there. smart. No, I just know the word. No, you're smart. Because we lived there. We you're lived smart. At an near an estuary. We didn't live in an estuary. That would make Lauren, us Lauren, I'm telling you, she's smart. All right, Lauren, let's keep going. So, they actually end up hauling the entire dumpster off the, off the premises of the apartment complex. I mean, it's just going to make it easier. I agree. I agree. So, um, they take that to headquarters and start to process it. So on October 13th, so two days mm -hmm. after they started searching for her, four days after she had last been seen, they announced to the public that Elizabeth Marriott is dead. Oh. And a suspect is in custody. Okay. So um, that night, there was a candlelight vigil held for Lizzie um, in her hometown, back where her parents lived. Mm. On October 15th, Seth is formally charged with second-degree murder and held without bail. So he's on second-degree murder. Hmm. So this is not premeditated. Right. It was this not is, accidental. Oopsie, we had I sex, and she died. Well, he didn't even say With that. He was like, and, he didn't yeah. say that. He just said, I know. We were having sex, and she died. Right, right. She, just picked, she picked a really bad time to die. Yeah. So, it was so good she died. Yes. Okay, Seth. So okay. Wildcat was brought back in for more questioning because now she has a little bit more to say about things. Oh. So her story is that Lizzie came over and they were playing cards and watching movies. Uh, well. Something that we all do. Somehow that led to group sex. Okay. That's never happened at my house when we've been watching movies and playing cards. But whatever. I whatever. Mean, 
I mean, all of a sudden you're, wow. you know, you're watching SpongeBob and playing Uno and then you take your clothes off and have sex. Right. It happens, I suppose. <laughs> so according to Wildcat, Lizzie agreed to let Cat tie her up with a rope harness. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then Cat explains, well, I've only tied myself up in one of these harnesses. I've never tied another person up. So, um... I I might have tied it a little tighter than I thought. Mm -hmm. But either way, um, Lizzie had a seizure, suffocated, and died because of the ropes. Okay. And she did this as she was lying underneath Cat on the floor. Okay. So we can't help her, but we're we're on top of her. Right. Okay. There are so many things in my brain that I cannot. Yes. I will not verbalize right now. No. Holy freaking flipping shitting. Right. Okay. So this mutual friend, Nate, says, Cat's story is preposterous. Preposterous. He says, Lizzie was in a committed relationship with a girlfriend. Oh. Very committed. She would never agree to have sex with Cat or with Seth. No. A, she ain't into the boy. No. And B, she's very committed to her girlfriend. Right. And she just wants to be friends with Cat, not sex partners. Yeah, she's like, this is a Why you gotta cross a line? Good Lord, I thought we were playing Uno. Yeah, and watching SpongeBob. Right. So anyway, Cat is finally arrested in December, but it took them till December to arrest her. Well, because just because you go to the police and give them a story... Doesn't mean they're going to arrest you. No. They got to have some kind of evidence to back it up. Well, and not only that, they did not arrest her for murder. What What did they arrest her for? Uh, well, here's the thing. Being a weirdo? Mm. You big weirdo. You big weirdo. So, um, with no body, no, no dead body. I know. It makes a really hard... Prosecutors thing. needed Kat's testimony against Seth. Yeah. So, they reached a deal. Of course they did. She is charged with three counts of hindering an investigation. Right. For all the times that she lied. And she was ordered to have no further contact with Mazaglia. Right. And she would only get a maximum of three years in jail. Good So gracious. she jumped right on that deal and bonded out at $35,000. Wow. So on, in November of thir- 2013... While in jail awaiting trial, Seth is indicted on more charges. Oh. These charges are not related to the murder. Oh. These charges are all about trying to engineer a jailbreak. (laughs) He's charged with witness tampering, Mm. falsifying evidence, and soliciting someone for a jailbreak. Well, for heaven's sake. Can you not just behave yourself, Just Seth? behave, Seth. Just You're not down. getting the part. You're, You're not, not getting, getting the, part. the part. The play has, the show must go on without you. <laughs> so, finally, in May of 2014, this damn trial starts. Right. Because poor Lizzie, she went missing in 2012. So... 33 witnesses were called in this trial, including Wildcat McDonough, (laughs) who happened to be on the stand for over 11 hours. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. She was painted as a liar. Right. I don't know why. I can't imagine. Maybe because she lied. I I don't know. But she was also painted as a young 19-year-old in over her head with Seth Mazaglia, whatever the freaking hell his stupid-ass name is. (laughs) And 
she was over her head with Seth, who was dark and manipulative and very domineering. Right. He completely controlled her in his twisted bondage world. Mm. They had text messages that they read between Seth and Wildcat that showed him telling her he would dominate her brutally with no mercy. Wow. That it was time for him to punish her. And um, he he dominated every part of her life um, under the guise of these are just sex games. Okay. So, and she was 19. She was 18 when she moved in with him. She was 19. She was in over her head. There's no question about it, but you still know the difference between right and wrong. You do know the difference in right and wrong, but you also get immersed and and you start to, with no contact with her family and very little contact with friends, Seth became her entire world. Right. So um, there could be some brainwashing going on in there. Right, Just right. a little bit. So there was also a conversation um, that they read in court where he told her that he was going to severely punish her and to make up for him, for her making him mad. I don't know what made him mad. She probably burned the tater tots or something. <laughs> so um, she had to offer up another female to him mm. and Kat would have to watch as he did whatever he wanted to that female. Good grief. Yes. And if Kat did not comply, he would brutalize her beyond imagination. Wow. So, that girl, she's scared. She's scared. So, she was scared. She had nowhere else to go. She had not been in contact with her family for a year. She was young. She's trapped in this horrific game. So, she picked Lizzie. Damn it. She said she invited Lizzie over. They were watching TV, playing cards. She said they started playing strip poker. Poker? Poker? I don't know oh, what game that not, is, I, but not. I think it's like strip poker, but I can't say Pooper. it because I don't want to think about it. Poker? Potpourri. Oh. <laughs> so, they, Kat says they were playing strip poker. Pooper. A lot of people said um, that's not something Lizzie would do. Right. But Lizzie's not here to defend herself. And then she said that they kind of started fooling around a little bit, mm. getting kind of touchy-feely. So, um, and there's no drinking at this point. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how far I believe this, but whatever. Here's the story. So then Seth asked Lizzie if Kat could kiss Lizzie. Oh. And Lizzie said, no, I'm yeah. in a committed relationship with the girlfriend. I don't fool around outside of my relationship. Right. So then Seth said, oh, okay. You don't want to fool around with Kat. Do you want to have sex with me while Lizzie watches? Um, Seth, here's why you don't get parts. You don't pay attention to the lines. Right. Because the girl said, I'm in a committed relationship. I don't want to kiss this person. Right. Why would you think that then she wants to have sex with you, you big doofus? <laughs> like, how do you say, how do you go from that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Macbeth, you aren't. No. So, um, again, Lizzie said, no, I'm really uncomfortable with this conversation. And so... Now, Seth has received two no's in the same night. Right. Not something he's used to. No means no. Yeah, well, he finds this to be unacceptable. But but Kitty Cat says they just kind of laughed it off, turned around, started watching their TV show again, didn't think anything of it. But out of the corner of her eye, she did see Seth in the back of the room put on some black gloves and grab a rope. <laughs> 
Not a good sign. These gloves were found in the dumpster. Of course they were. Yes. So, um, so he took a rope and he came up behind Lizzie and strangled her from behind. Mm -hmm. And Wildcat said this was really quick. Like she heard, she saw the rope go around her to pop. Mm. And so he probably popped that hiatal bone and broke her neck. Right. And then she suffocated and died as they watched. Oh, God. So Kat said it was very traumatizing to watch Lizzie die. Poor poor thing. Poor freaking stupid ass stupid. Yeah. So and then ever occur to you even at any point, at any point, Kat, to pick up the phone and call the police and say Yeah. There's trouble afoot. There's trouble afoot. Or run out the freaking apartment my B, door my BF and go. is saying he wants to do this and he's threatening yeah, me. Yeah, my, my dungeon dude my is dungeon saying dude. that he's going to... Slay the dragon. Yeah, slay this little innocent girl. So anyway, um, once she was dead, then Seth had his way with her. Oh, gross. Yeah, Seth, Seth. You're nasty. And then they called another couple over to help them. Are you kidding me? No. This is what bulls me. Are you ready? It's going to boil your blood. I'm I'm already boiling. Okay. So they call this other couple over, and and the couple walks in. They have no idea what what Seth needs help with. They're just like, okay, we'll come over. And they come over and see a body laying in the room when they walked in. And they said, yeah, we're going to go call an ambulance. And they left. They never reported it. Oh, for heaven's sake. So, um, Seth decides, so at this point, Kitty Cat is in the fetal position on the (laughs) kitchen floor and she is like rocking back and forth like, holy shit, we killed this girl. She was my friend. I'm in a lot of trouble. I don't know what to do. And Seth's like, dude, we're in this together. I got this. Right. So he's, he's not even bothered by it. Oh God. So he, that's when he says, we're going to take Lizzie. We're going to stuff her into a suitcase Mm. We're going to drive Lizzie's car with Lizzie in the trunk in the suitcase to a place I know. Mm. So they took her to a cliff and uh, over on this Pierce Island. They take her body out of the suitcase and they toss her over the cliff. Nice. But oops. (laughs) It's low tide. Oh, dang it. So the body misses the water and hits the rocks. Dear God. So Seth goes, you know, I'm really tired because I've been going through all of this. I've been doing all the work here. So I'm going to need you, kitty cat, to climb down this kit, this cliff. Mm. And I'm going to need for you to take care of that body. We can't just let that body be there. Really? So cat climbs down in the middle of the night, climbs down this, this cliff and goes to the rocky shore and covers, she has to go and find all the seaweed and covers the body. And then she has to push and push and push to get Lizzie's body into the water. Oh my gosh. And then climbs back up. So at the trial, of course, the defense keep saying that Lizzie is lying. This whole thing was her idea. It wasn't Seth's idea. And she really killed Lizzie by sitting on her face for 15 minutes. Like, oh come my on. God. Come on, people. So, but Seth, in spite of it all, Seth is convicted of first-degree murder. Yes. Because he donned those gloves and grabbed that rope. That's and right. that, in that moment, became premeditation. Did you hear that, Lauren? First-degree murder. First-degree rape. Yes. Because they don't have a body, but they, they, so they can't prove if she was 
raped before or after she was alive, and nobody gives a shit because he still raped her. Right. And also with his tampering with evidence and the whole trying to escape Just those. throw it those, all. Throw they, it yeah. all. Everything you got. So he gets life without parole. Good. Kitty Cat. Wild Kitty Cat McDonough. Yeah. McDonough. Not McDonough. McDonough. Um, she gets her three years in prison for her charges, and she actually gets out of jail in 2016, and she is out, a free girl, walking around. Right. So, we still don't have Lizzie's body. Mm. It's never been found. Never? It was washed out to sea, is what they think. Dang it. Never to be found. That's so sad. That's just so sad for the family. It's not over. Oh, sorry. So... Here's the thing. Okay. This is what really caught my attention to do this to begin with. Oh, here we go. You ready, Lauren? You ready? Hold on to your girdle, girl. So, in 2016, Seth's appeal, Seth's going through his appeals, uh -huh. right? Uh-huh. His appeal goes all the way to the New Hampshire State Supreme Court. Okay. And the prosecutors want the appeal process to be sealed and behind closed door due to the sexual nature of the crime and the victim and all that stuff. Okay. But the defense wants to bring Lizzie's sexual history and preference into the new appeal case. Really? Yes. They are asking the courts to unseal that part of any testimony, and they want to strip away the protections that the state of New Hampshire was giving at the time to the victims of sexual crimes. Um, it's called a rape shield law, mm -hmm. which protects, I and mean, it took forever for us to get these laws into our courts. Right. And now this asshole, because he wants his appeal, he wants to bring in her sexual history and say, you know, I'm sure say she was promiscuous because she was gay or some stupid ass accusation that makes no sense. Right. But um, so Lizzie's family has to fight like, crazy to keep her privacy right like she is a victim yes she's not here to defend herself it doesn't matter what it she did matter. sexually no before. she didn't she, ask for this no. she didn't deserve this exactly and she is a victim exactly this is what really got me going that's why i really hooked into this case but in 2000 in september of 2016 thank god the new hampshire supreme court upheld the state's rape shield law they would not allow any of her sexual history, preference, nothing right. to be part of the appeal process. And if anything was going to be discussed about it, it was going to be sealed and behind closed doors in the chambers with the judge. Good. So. Thank you, New Hampshire. Therefore, Mr. Udi Adi, Seth Dark Dungeon Dickhead, <laughs> he's still going through his appeals process because it takes like 10 years, I think. But, um. He, I don't think, I don't think he's going to win any appeals. No, so well, I thought when she got to the Supreme Court, it was over. Well, that was this is just his first appeals case. Oh, that, so okay, gotcha. That first appeals case went all the way to the Supreme Court. So he hasn't gone through that whole process, that regular process yet. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Because it was 2014 when the trial started, and so this is just two years later. He's still going through all of his appeals, right? Um, and the fact that they wanted this, it, it kind of it put a different timeline on his appeal process now. Right. But my whole thing is he just needs to go slither back into his prison cell. Exactly. And practice. Maybe he could practice some of his 
rope tying and BDSM on some of his fellow inmates. Yeah. Perhaps they would enjoy yeah, that. Yeah. Perhaps he should see how they feel when he hooks them into some kind of a homemade rope harness. Right. Yeah. And then see if they die they from a seizure. Leave, they shouldn't leave a rope in his cell. Oh, I completely agree. Just to agree. see what happens. I think so, too. I think Oops, he... Oops, I dropped yeah, that. But, so yeah, like, but you know what? I think he's so into ropes and bondage. He's so ooh. He's so ooh. I think his cellmate would kill him. You think so? Yeah. I don't want him to... I don't. I would like for his cellmate to almost kill him. Right. And then bring and him then back. And then let him come back. Right. I don't want him to just check out. Right. I want him to live the rest of his life. He's... I mean, he was just barely in his 30s when he went into oh, jail. yeah. Yeah. So I feel like he should at least be there for, I don't know, a good 50 years before he dies. At least, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I hope that he has told all of his fellow prison friends how yeah. much he loves to tie up women and rape them, either before or after death. Yeah. doesn't really matter. And I hope that Kat learned her lesson. Learned her lesson. I hope she's and back with her family. Person. Yeah. And I hope she's really turned her life around and... Maybe she's gone through some therapy. Yeah. To say I don't have to do what people tell me to. Yes. I have I make my own decisions. Mental health is so important. It's very important. But I will tell you this little tidbit. Let's hear it. That um there was an interview on the forty eight hours I think covered this and I read I didn't see the story, but I read some of the transcripts. They interviewed one of Seth's earlier girlfriends and um she said that when she and Seth dated she was like kind of the same age. I think they dated in high school that he was very much into this BDSM even back then. Gross. She dated him in high school in the beginning of college. And she said that he was very controlling, very domineering and that his um, bondage sex play just got darker and darker and darker to the point that she was afraid for her life. Right. She, and she had moved in with him at some point and, and she, he started to control every part of her life. And one night he tried to, he put his hand around her throat. And when she said, I don't like that, he, he actually tried to choke her to the point that she passed out. Wow. And he told, I mean, he told her that's just the beginning. And at that point she found a way to get out. Right. But she said it was all, it was not just about BDSM for him. He wanted to kill somebody. He talked about wanting to kill a woman while having sex with her so often. And that's when he was young. Right. 10 years later, he killed Lizzie. So, yeah, I mean, but how, I mean, it's not like it's something that could, could have been prevented. Lizzie right? could because never you, have prevented this. Yeah. The only person that could have prevented this was Seth. This cat. Or, well, Seth could have prevented Seth it by and, not being right. a dungeon dickhead. Right. But, and then Cat could have said, I'm not going to bring another female into this, especially a female that's not into this. Like, right. if she's not answering our ad on this fetish website, right. then she's not into it. Exactly. So, um, there were just two people responsible for this, and ne- neither one of them was Lizzie Marriott. No. So, God rest her soul. Her parents do not have her body. It it really is very upsetting to them. Um, they they did put a bench in a park near a lake mm-hmm. that um, was dedicated to her, and they do. And her her mom goes out there a lot and talks to Lizzie. Right. But Lizzie's favorite place in the world to go was the beach. Right. And she still cannot bring herself to go and see the ocean because Aww. she knows her daughter is out there somewhere, and she said, "I can't do it. I can't go." So it's it you know murder affects more than just the victim. Oh yeah. More than just the victim. 
And poor Seth's people, whoever his family were, that they've got to sit and listen to this sicko, you know, and his and his fantasies about like these dark, twisted fantasies and how he manipulated this girl 11 years younger than him. I'm sure he made his parents so, very proud. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yay for Seth's parents. <laughs> so anyway, that's my story. Wow. Lauren Wilson. Lauren, did you catch that? Where are we on the pie situation? Because um, I'm I'm needing a pie. It, we still have like 40 minutes left. It takes a long time to cook this pie. Hey, guys, good news. Good news. This pie... It's not my birthday treat. No. I, I, cause you know, our whole thing is for our birthdays, we make each other the dessert. We don't we give do. each other gifts. That's our gift is, is the love that you put into a really great dessert. Yeah. And this is not my dessert. It's not. I get a whole nother dessert this weekend when we celebrate. She does. And I'm so excited. Very true. And this year, when I said what I wanted, I didn't give a shit who liked it and didn't like it. <laughs> all about me yeah absolutely it was all about me normally i'm like oh i you know this person doesn't like that or that person only likes this and i didn't give a shit no. if they don't like it more for me exactly so that's what happens when you turn in your in your 50, 50. <laughs> when when things progress in your 50 when you get further into your 50 well things just are progressing in my 50 <laughs> let's don't say further i feel like i'm getting like going down a dark hole oh so anyway so um but I just want to say that I'm really excited. We have this news that we can't really talk about today. Right. But we have something that we're going to announce. It's big news, It's y'all. so big. It's really big. It's bigger than the fact that I finally got a new Facebook profile. It's right. <laughs> it's also, I'll just say, we deserve parking spots for this one. Yeah. If anybody at our um, living quarters are listening, we would like to know where the special parking is. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. when we record next time, um, oh, oh, you know what we should do? We'll just do like a special announcement. <gasps> we'll maybe even do a video. We'll do a video. Let's, oh my God, let's live stream it on the fan page. Oh my God, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to live stream the announcement on the fan page, and then we will put that video on the other social media pages. Do we know pages. how to live stream? Yeah, it's really easy. Oh my God, we know how you to You actually do just go down to the camera and hit it. Oh, wow. It's the crazy. In Facebook. And then it just starts recording from your Wowzer. phone. Freaking hell. Oh, my lord. The technology time. situation here is insane. So great. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so do you have a murder? Because I, I feel like Lauren is wanting a second murder because I know Lauren and she, she loves murder. Yeah. Uh, I do. Absolutely. But I wanted to... Um, Wish me a happy birthday. No, I wanted to go Rude. over that recipe for the for the pie making. Oh, that's a great idea. But um, I seem to have lost it somewhere. Lord have mercy. I'm just kidding. I got it. Okay. Um, it's a very easy pie. You do about a half a pound of crushed salted peanuts. Which we said is three cups. Which is about three cups. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we use the Belmont sea salt peanuts yes and if you all want the best peanut in the world get on the belmont website and order you up some b-e-l-m-o-n-t you can also follow them on facebook yay then you're going to also add in a cup of sugar three eggs a half a cup of flour a cup and a half of the caro light corn syrup so you know it's good because it's real real oh, bad that's real good that's the two, stuff you put in the pecan pie exactly two tablespoons of unsalted 
butter. I would hope it's unsalted. Good and then Lord. I use the Pillsbury pie crust because because Pillsbury it. figured out how to do it right. They did. And why so would why would, would I why would I ever try to compete with them? Yeah, because that would hurt the little doughboy's feelings. Would. I don't want to hurt his feelings. No. no, and I use the refrigerator one. I know some people use the frozen one, but I prefer. The refrigerator one. Because that's what our mama uses. Exactly. And we do what our mama does. We certainly do. Hey, mama. Hey, mama. Um, anyway, you mix all that stuff together, pour it into your pie shell, and you're going to bake it at 250 degrees for an hour and a half. Okay? That's a long time. How long do we or have? Or until the center is firm. I'm saying how much longer? You're fine. You're fine. Okay. Um, 37 minutes is what oh, the timer says. So, okay. see, that's not I bad. I feel like we're good. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lauren, I'm going to talk about another murder. Girl. Another murder. You're probably at work by now or almost there, but. No, she's got like an hour commute. Oh. Yeah. So, if so you get on. there and you're not, we're not done with this murder, just sit in your car and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want you to know that Trout is laying in the chair with his head on the armrest, just crying. He's so naughty. He is naughty. He got a big lick ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're supposed to get bad weather today, so maybe he's just out of sorts. Okay. I don't think so. Oh, look. No, he's fine. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So my murder takes place in Arizona. Oh, just a place I'd like to go. Really? I would love to go to Sedona. Okay. Um, just to get out of the way, I got my information from FBI.gov, mm. legal.com. Mm. Um, there's also a, on the case with Paul is on about oh. it, called one of their own. I got information from there. Uh, there is some information on Murderpedia, but it is not up to date. I will oh, say that. Murderpedia, you better get, you know, you can send them up to date, um, files or some I know, up to but I mean, stuff. once I do all the research, then I'm just kind of tired. So anyway, here we go. You ready? Are yes. you ready? Are you ready? Mm. Going to Arizona. Yeah. On May 29th, 1973, Lisa Shaner had a lot to celebrate. Oh, good for her. She did. She had given birth to her son six weeks prior. Mm. She was celebrating her two-year-old daughter's birthday. Oh. And her husband, Gary, who was in the Air Force and stationed in Okinawa uh -huh. was coming home. Oh, he's coming, coming home from home. Japan. Coming home from Japan. Konnichiwa. Lisa had been staying with her parents. Her dad, James Miller, was a highly respected special 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 special, special. special agent. For the, he's special. special for the FBI. <laughs> he's special. So he an FBI agent. During the family celebration, Gary called the house. To let the family know that his plane was scheduled to arrive that night at 10.15. Lisa was so excited. She was like walking on air so excited. Because she hadn't seen Gary in several months. And um, she just was so excited. He, he I get was the feeling she was excited. Yeah, he was. His tour was finished, but he was also retiring from the military. Oh, that's big. So he was like coming home, coming home. They were ready to start an, a new life. Thank you for your service, Gary. Yes, Gary, thank you. And um, so she was like, "Do I 
do I go to the airport? Do I take, do, do I take my mom with me? Should I take the baby with me? She was like trying to figure everything out. And then she's like, no, I just oh, want a little bit Because he probably of... hasn't seen the baby. No, he's not met the baby. Aww. So. You gotta see the baby. You gotta see the baby. <laughs> so she ended up saying, I'm just going to go and have this little alone time moment mm. with Gary. I'm so excited. It's so important to have alone time with your loved one. Yeah. So she leaves home. She's she's driving her dad's car, and about nine twenty five that night, she heads to the airport in Tucson to pick up Gary. Um, Gary had not met his son, hadn't seen his wife and daughter in months because she had left Okinawa to come home to have the baby um, in Arizona. So there was so much excitement, so much there. It was all of us at around eleven o'clock. Gary called James, Lisa's dad, mm-hmm. to tell him that Lisa had never shown up to pick him up. Uh-uh. James um, said that there had been some problems with the car, and and he was like, "She probably broke down somewhere. I'll just go. I'll just go get her, and we'll come to the airport." Yeah, and back so, then there were no cellular devices. Correct. So, Nineteen seventy-three. Remember. And he also rotary dial. So the house is filled with people because they're having a big celebration. There's the birthday party, the coming home party, everything. It's it's a whole thing. But uh, James pulls aside his other daughter and says, Hey, Lisa didn't make it to the airport. I'm going to go this route. Mm -hmm. You go this route Mm -hmm. and see if you see her and we'll meet here, Mm -hmm. um, which is a, a place where the two routes Met up and intersect. Then, yeah, so yeah, that was good. See, I told you you were word. smart. Way to go! It's just like for today, I think. Just for <laughs> I right. just woke up like feeling good or something. Right, I got a really good cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> so they all set out. He doesn't mention to anybody else. You know, it, it doesn't make a big deal of it. He's like, you know, I think I, I got to go out. The, the other daughter goes out. They all look for Lisa. They didn't. They meet up at their intersection, and they no Lisa, not no car, Lisa, no car, no, no Lisa, sign, nothing, nothing. That's not good. So James tells the daughter, "You go back home and wait, and I'll just head over to the airport, and you know I'll keep going and see if I find her." And he gets to the airport and um meets up with Gary, who says he's still he's looked everywhere in the airport. He's Ask somebody to check the bathroom. There's no Lisa. So then Gary and James start walking the parking lot to see if they can figure out, you know, did it's she ever there. get there? Like, where is she? And they find they find the car. Oh. The driver's side window was partially down. Lisa's purse was on the back seat. The car keys were missing. And um, the parking ticket that she would have gotten coming into the uh, parking uh, lot. Like the, the stub. Right. The- was also missing. And there was no sign of Lisa. There was no sign of a struggle. There was just nothing. She's disappeared. Just gone. James immediately called the police, told them, you, you need to get here. Something's happened to my daughter. The airport was put on lockdown. Wow. And police secured the scene and started looking for clues. At this point, the FBI is brought in because James is a special agent. And... Um, they also figured that she must have been kidnapped. Um, they didn't think she had been robbed because her purse was still in the yeah. back seat. There was money in it. So, 
they they the police start secure the area they start dusting for fingerprints the car had been detailed the day before so only lisa's prints were on the inside mm-hmm. they did find three prints on the outside um one set of prints belonged to lisa the other set um they didn't know so then police start scouring they look for witnesses they interview the ticket booth person mm-hmm. and nobody can remember seeing lisa nobody can remember anything strange, nothing out of the norm. Yeah. Um, but but you also think, you know, how many people does your the parking lot attendant? Oh my gosh! You know, just countless faces all day exactly. long, all night long. Like, unless something was really standing out. Like, right. yeah, I saw her. There was a man in the car with her with a gun held to her head. Then I'm not sure you would remember. Right. Like you probably wouldn't even remember the car. It's just. After a while, you don't see any of that. No. It's just wallpaper in your life. Yeah. So APBs go out, and flyers went up. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flyers go up. And they've got Lisa's picture on it, the car's picture on it, all the information of what's happened. James is extremely concerned that somebody that he's um, had arrested or... Um, somebody's got a grudge. Somebody's got a grudge, and this is revenge or retaliation for something that he's done in his job. And he is extremely concerned about it. Um, he actually puts up a $10,000 reward personally. The FBI offers a $2,500 reward, and this is 1973. Yeah, and James personally says, I'm, I'm going to put in another $10,000 for any information. That's a lot of money back then. To. I mean, it's not nothing now, but right. it's a lot of money. Exactly. And anybody that worked with James at the time will tell you he was in agony over this. Oh, I can't imagine. Absolute Because he thinks, agony. A, something horrible has happened to my daughter, and B, I might be responsible somehow. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. So... um there were multiple searches on the grounds around the airport. They had a wide radius. Nothing. Nothing. It's like Lisa had vanished without a trace. Nothing. There was nothing. After four months of no clues, um, the FBI gets a phone call. Oh. Soldiers on the Fort Huachuca military base in Arizona are out looking for American Indian artifacts, which is something they, they did in their spare time. I would do that if I were in Arizona. Yeah. And they found a human skull. So Fort Huachuca oh. is about 70 miles from Tucson. Wow. 70 miles, yeah. FBA, FBA, FBA. What is the matter with me? It's the Federal Bureau Association. (laughs) We've renamed it, everybody. The FBI agents. Oh, I can see where the problem was now. Get it now? Yeah, got it. I think I had too much coffee, maybe. I don't know. I don't Mm. know. I don't know what's happening. It seems like you did because you keep going. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know. There was a lot of excitement, excitement, excitement. Everything's like three, everything. Yeah. Right, 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 right now. Here we go. Okay, so oh, <laughs> the agents get there, they secure the scene, they search around, and they find this, they see the skull, and they continue to look. They end up finding Lisa's remains and two 22 caliber bullets and a broken earring. 
Dental records confirm the remains belong to Lisa. Wow. There was no clothing found. How how long how how when how long since she disappeared? Four months. And her body is already that it's, decomposed. Yeah. It, it was basically just bones. Oh my gosh. Well maybe. In some the Arizona desert in oh, Maine. True. I mean Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's the summertime. Summer summertime. It's what? Um so her remains were too badly decomposed to determine what happened to Lisa, but they, because she didn't have any clothes on, there were no clothes found, they assumed that she had been raped and then shot. Right, because they found the bullets. Right, and they did not think robbery, they felt like it was a sexually motivated crime because she still had on her wedding band and her engagement ring. Yeah. So, um, that... They knew she it wasn't about robbery. So, law enforcement starts looking at records for who had been on the base leading up to Lisa's disappearance. They ran fingerprints on 7,000 soldiers. Oh my gosh. They got no hits. Back in the 70s, military bases weren't as secure as they are today. No. Back then, anyone could come and go. Yep. You didn't have to sign in, nothing. No, you didn't so, have to pass. Nothing. You just drove on. Just come like, and go. Right. Going to the park. So, this is like looking for a needle in a haystack. It's impossible. Exactly. At one point, a tipster does call into the FBI, and she says that her son, who was in prison in Wisconsin, had heard another inmate confess to killing an FBA. FBA? What is the matter with me? It's the Federal Bureau Agency. The FBI agent's son. But the FBI followed up on it because, you know, sometimes prisoners lie. (gasps) Sometimes they get whatever. And they asked the woman's son about it. And he said that he had misunderstood the conversation. And then he refused to talk about it any further. So they couldn't do anything about it. No. The case goes cold for four years. A detective... After four years, a detective from Virginia contacts the FBI and said he thought he knew who killed Lisa. The detective in Virginia said that this guy, Richard Barker, was suspected of murdering a civilian on a base in Alexandria, Virginia. During their investigation of Barker, it was determined that he had done some work on the Fort Huachuca base in May of 1973. Oh. So the agents from Arizona go to Virginia to question Barker. Um, there were a lot of similarities between the Virginia murder and Lisa's murder. Um, Barker had not been arrested for the murder, so they just had him in. or they He had been arrested, but he was out on bail. Okay. So he ended up skipping bail. And he went on the run for seven years. Seven years. Seven years. When they caught him, um, he was captured, convicted, and convicted of first-degree murder for for the murder in Virginia. And he was sentenced to life. So eventually, Barker confessed to some other murders, but he but he said he had nothing to do with Lisa's murder. Oh no, not me, not me. By this time, James Miller had become. Obsessed. It was like all oh, consuming. That would him. be the same for me. I don't blame him. 
Unfortunately, in 2007, James Miller died of cancer. Oh, no. He went to his grave thinking that he was responsible for Lisa's murder. Oh, and in God bless the him. correspondence, any correspondence that he would send out, any correspondence that he would send out to anyone, he always signed it for the love of Lisa. Oh, that gives me chills. I know. He oh. just, he was devastated. So he dies in 2007 of cancer. In 2008, one of the FBA, F, God, what is the matter with know. me? Can I just say the agents. One I'll of the know, agents. I'll know. We'll know it's FBI. Guys, it's FBI. She's just going to say agents uh, because she's really having a hard time. I am. Agent Bagley, who had worked on Lisa's case with James for over 17 years, retired. And after his retirement, he asked his superior if he could continue work on Lisa's case. Actually, the case had been closed at this point. It had gone cold. They had closed the case. And he asked if he could reopen it and work on the case for free. Oh, that's nice of him. And the man said, well, if you can, like, let's see if we can figure out what the case number is. And the... Agent Bagley rattled it off. He knew it by heart because it was his life. It just and he felt so bad for his his um, or his friend friend James that he really wanted there to be an end. This is one of their own, right? Mm-hmm. So his superior said, um, "Okay, I'm going to open the case. You can work on it, and I'm going to assign another agent, Dan Ralph, to work on it with you." So now we got a little steam going back in 2008. They pull the file, they start going through the evidence, and miraculously, about this same time, Dan gets an email from a detective in Wisconsin. The, actually, the email came from some officials at Fort Huachuca. Mm-hmm. So a detective from Wisconsin had emailed them okay. and asked, did you have any unsolved murders on your base in the early 70s? Oh, Wow. Those, the watch for watch you to what is the matter with me? I don't even know. We took, your, we took away, I we know. totally took away the one that was bothering you, and now you're messing up this one. I don't know. There's no help for you, Shaw. I know it's funny because you don't seem to have any patience for it, but you have word salad all the time on these podcasts. <laughs> now I have it, and you're like, What is the matter with you? What's the matter? Stop it. Um. The detective in Wisconsin said that he had a prisoner who claimed to have information about a murder on the base that his cellmate committed. Mm. The prisoner, um, the cellmate prisoner, mm-hmm. was William Zamastil. Zamastil. A Z. A Z. Four Z's. A Z. Oh, my God. Got a lot of Z's. Z's. There are a lot of Z's. Yeah. Z's. 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 So, Top. Zamastil was serving a life sentence for raping and murdering a woman in 1978. Mm. He had actually been in prison since his conviction in 1979. While he was serving his sentence in Wisconsin, Zamastil pled guilty to two counts of first-degree murder in California. February 27, 1978, he offered a ride to a brother and sister, 17 and 18, after Mm -hmm. he noticed that their car had broken down in Barstow, California. He murdered both kids, dumped their bodies in a field, and they were found by a sheep herder. For these two murders, he was sentenced to life, but that sentence was to run concurrent with the Wisconsin life sentence. Right? That's too hate frustrating. that concurrent crap. Yeah. Because when he was convicted in 1979, 
life in prison was 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's infuriating. The Wisconsin murder and Lisa's murder were almost identical. Wow. The way the body in um, Wisconsin was found with no clothing, but she hadn't decomposed, so they knew that she had been raped. Okay. She had been shot with a twenty-two caliber. Okay. So a lot of sim- and they were both young women. So a lot of similarities. William Zama still refused to talk to the FBI agents, but they did talk to the informant, mm-hmm. the cellmate. Unfortunately, he didn't have anything that would prove this woman that that Zama still had talked about was Lisa. They needed something to tie him together. Well, word started to spread in the prison, you know, loose lips sink ships. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the gossip, the oh, gossip, yeah. the rumor mill in those prisons. I mean, what else do you have to do but sit around and talk about what everything is going on? Exactly. And once the rumors started going, all kinds of informants came out and said, yeah, he talked to me too. Yeah, he oh. talked to me too. And one of them said, yeah, he talked to me and he showed me the lady's picture. What? He had evidently taken her picture from one of the posters that was up <gasps> and he had it. As a souvenir. Correct. And he had it with him and the guy was able to give a perfect description of wow. Lisa. So now yeah, it's still a gonna, far it's still far reach. It, yeah, because the only evidence they really have that he did this are the informants. So you're yeah. basing your entire case on Prison, prison informants, informants that, right. that a lot of times um, are out to gain something for themselves, like exactly. time off their sentence or whatever. Right. So they ended up arresting Zamistil and charged him with Lisa's murder. The case went to trial, and um, the informants all testified. Not, they didn't get... Not one of them got anything in return wow. for their testimony. Not one. They just were being stand-up people. Exactly. And as a matter of fact, one of the informants had actually served his time and had been released and came back because he <gasps> felt it was important wow. for this to go through. Nice. So he, Way to go, prisoners. He's convicted in 2011 of Lisa's murder. He was sentenced to life in prison. This time to be served consecutively Thank you. to his first life sentence. So, what happens now is he has to serve his 60-year sentence for the three murders. Once that one's over, then they'll move him to Arizona, and and he'll serve life. So, yeah, that'll be really good. He's never, ever going to get out of jail. Let's hope not. Yeah. So, um, I did watch the Paula Zahn case on this one, just after I had found all the information, because I was kind of curious to see what everybody looked like um gary raised his children he he moved on i don't really know a lot about him i think he remarried you know by the time any of this even went to trial in 2011 his kids were born in 1973 yeah they were grown grown. Um, oh yeah yeah but what they think happened is that she got to the airport and probably got out of her car and that's when zanastel approached her and he had actually, they believe, taken, because what happened was that a ticket was issued at the ticket booth at, in the parking lot about the time when Lisa would have been there. Okay. And then 
like less than five minutes later, that same ticket left. Okay. So they think he took the ticket and went out. Got know, her. And exactly. he, he probably was on the prowl. Right. She was a quick, easy target. And then he exited yes. with her in the car somehow. Yes. So somehow in my investigation yesterday, looking at different stuff, I came across it. Now that I think about it, I'm not even sure where I saw it. It might have been a commercial on TV. It might have been a commercial on one of the sites that I was on. But there is a universal sign for help. Yes, I, I've been seeing that a lot yeah. on the TikTok videos and stuff. They they right. talk about it. So yeah. it's you raise your hand and you put four fingers up or you raise your hand. You put your thumb down, so there are four fingers up, your thumb is across, and then you fold your fingers over that thumb, and that means help. Yes. So if you see somebody do something like that, you need to call the police. Yeah. And um, it's important. We need to watch. We need to watch out for our fellow people. And and we need to, yes, we need to watch. We need to pay attention, see something, say something. Yes. And it's as so important, and we all need to know that sign ourselves, so that if we're in trouble, we can give yes. that sign. Yeah, but look that it up, is, Google it. It's important. It's teach really your kids, important. Teach everybody. Yeah, that, what that is from so the that, youngest to the oldest exactly. in your family and friends. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren, you need to practice, practice. this. Yeah, in the mirror, so that you know what to do, and if you see it. Say something. Yeah. Raise raise your hand, fold your thumb down, and then put your four fingers over your thumb. So it looks like you have a fist. That means help. That means help. Now, you can't just hold up your fist all the way down. No, you have to make the think, motion. What is she doing? You got to make the motion. You got to go through yeah. the whole step. It's so got to be deliberate. Practice. Sit at your desk today and practice that. Yes. Well, wait. Don't do that. No, because somebody will think she might... needs help. And then there's <laughs> oh. going to be like a SWAT situation in her right. work. and. She's going to be like, I was just practicing. Oh, yeah. So she's like, I, I listened to this podcast right. and Karen and Ann told me to practice. Oh, do you want their information? Here's all their social media. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Ooh, let's no. go ahead and do that social That's media. That's such a great idea. She needs to let her boss okay, know. so if the SWAT team needs to email us, <laughs> they would email us at murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, um, we have a Facebook page. Oh, we do. We have a regular page that's just our business page. It's called Sugar Coder. Sure, I can't. Oh, I let can't. me talk. Let me talk. Sugar. We've had some kind of reversal of I roles. I haven't even been drinking no. alcohol. Mm-mm. You're low in your alcohol tank, babe. You Maybe. need. You need a little. That might be the problem. You need a sprinkling of alcohol. Yes. So, um, oh, what were you saying? We're talking about our <laughs> Facebook, Facebook page, Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. And if you want to find the fan page, it is Sugarcoated Murder Podcast. Podcast Fan Page Group. Yeah. So you can like that fan page all you want, but you're not going to get all the special videos and special announcements. Until you join us. And the day before everybody else gets the episode treat. You won't see the live streaming announcement that no, we've got coming this weekend. You have to request to join the group. Yes. So... Um, and we, we let everybody in. We do. We Unless don't turn away you're anybody. on our list of killers. Unless you're one of the people that we've no. talked about that, you know, you've murdered. Right. We are not going to let We're you in. We're not letting you in. No. And some people that have really pissed me off in life, you're not getting in either. Yeah, so don't even try. Right. And also, we have Instagram. 
Oh, yeah, we do. We've got the gram. The gram is at sugar-coated murder. Look at us. So simple. Wow. We're on TikTok. I'm up to 14. Wow. One, four followers. She I think just, she says one, four, like she, yeah, she one, just held up four. four fingers and said 14. One, four, and I don't think that, but five of them are actually legitimate. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. We got the top. We don't know yeah. what to do with the top just so yet, but we're working on it. It's Sugarcoated Murder Podcast, I think. If you just search that, hopefully you'll find us. Um, the logo for Sugarcoated Murder is the is the picture, the profile picture, so you would recognize it. That's the only way. I don't know. We're on Twitter and Tumblr, too. Try to find us, Sugarcoated Murder Podcast. I have no idea. I'm so Twitter literate. We also Twitter have a link literate. tree, a link tree yes and, and you, so you can get that link tree only if you are following us on instagram or if you're in the group page um well that's, that's not, not true, true. <laughs> it's not true it's that's not, not true. true we when we post our episodes we've got the link tree so you just have to click the link tree and it takes you straight to the episode but it also takes you to the link for where you could buy our merchandise where you yes. could buy us the spot of tea or a cuppa, um, a cuppa. Or a cuppa, a cup in Australia, evidently they call it a cuppa. So you can buy us a cuppa. A cuppa. Or you can donate to a flower fund. You could. Or not and flowers. We, and we're working on that. We're we're, we're trying to streamline it, it and make it a little easier. Because we recognize not everybody has PayPal. Yes. And so, you know, just remember, we've been doing this for over a year. We've got some equipment that probably needs to be upgraded. We could use a little help with that. And we do go through a lot of baking supplies. Yeah, we do. And we now have used all of our Belmont peanut sea salt flavor. That's right. We're empty. <laughs> we We're need, all out of Belmont. Need, uh, could you please <laughs> donate to our Belmont fund? Exactly. So that we can get more peanuts. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, Trout goes through a lot of peanut butter. Lord have mercy. So he could use a little peanut butter hit if y'all want to send could. him some He's peanut butter yes. money. He yeah. could use a little peanut butter money. Absolutely. So, yeah. oh God, she said his name, and now, now he's, he's coming he's over. Oh, a stretch. Oh, so sleepy. All oh, right, no. so we've gone over social media. Lauren, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Yes. We've had a lot of fun. It's, it's like you were here. I feel like you were here. Sorry you can't taste the pie. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Oh, as a matter of fact, we're almost ready to bring that pie okay, out of so the oven. Okay, so why don't so we just pause, pause it, it, and then we'll come back and tell y'all how good that pie oh, is. Oh, yes. Please hold. Bye. No. We're back. And we have pie. We have hot pie. Oh, it's hot, so and it might burn my little pie. ice cream. That is just, oh, yes. And it smells so good, guys. It, it I can't does. even explain the smell of this pie. Delicious. It's like, um, it's like if you were making peanut brittle, but better. Yeah. More. It's just yummy. Mm. It's really good. God, so, so good. Okay. Oh, so good. The ice cream with it. Oh, is perfect. Heaven, it's heaven. heaven on earth. So y'all got to get this pie recipe. You will not be disappointed. Email mm. us. Email us at the mm. the murder sugarcoated at gmail link, and we will send you the recipe or the link to the recipe. Exactly. So guys, we love y'all. We do. We hope you have a fantastic week. Yes, I happy hope so birthday. too. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to all the March babies out there. Yeah. My really, really good friend Beth, mm. her birthday was on St. Patty's Day yesterday. That's right. Yes. I believe Rob Lowe's was the same day. So. Oh, what a hunk. Yeah. 
Yummy, yummy, yummy. Okay, guys. Well, um, stay sweet and don't murder. Good job. If you kill people, we will talk about you. Yeah, we'll say things like, "You're a he was a she was a dungeon dick." Exactly. Or what a nasty person. Or you're bad. You're ooky. We don't like you. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't Just do that. Stay sweet. Tell don't them murder. about it, Lauren. Have we- a great week, Lauren. We hope you're having a great day at work. And we love y'all. We love y'all. See you next time. Bye. On the radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.